This is Andy. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, the podcast on which we watch very special episodes of TV from the past to see what they have to teach us today. Today we are watching an episode of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. This is season one, episode 16, A Friend in Need. You can watch this on Hulu if you have the Stars edition. It originally aired on October 17th, 1983, and it was written by... Bryn Stevens, credited as J. Bryn Stevens. J. Bryn. Hi, I'm J. Bryn Stevens. I'm J. Bryn Stevens. <laughs> Which brings us right away to our segment of You Were What? You, 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 you Were What? Thank you, Cat Choir. <laughs> you are dismissed for the day. Uh, J. Bryn Stevens wrote a couple of things of interest. The okay. first is a show that she wrote on, but not specific episodes for it's a it's a show that we'll have to look into at some point called beverly hills teens What? it's a tv series that ran for a, a, one season of 65 episodes in 1987 one season of 65 you know they, episodes you know how they do it was so it was animated yeah it was animated and the description is the teens of beverly hills shows us what it's like to live the life of spoiled rich teens so it's brats meets the real housewives of beverly hills yeah or just Stuff I don't want to see. <laughs> uh, you could call it anything you want. But more to the point, she also wrote uh, an episode of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, season 1, episode 17. Oh, so the one right after this. I think so. Uh, Damar the Demon. Mm-hmm. The description of which is, Bored, <laughs> Orko brings a baby demon out of a spell book to play with. Aww. Unfortunately, the demon begins to cause problems for Eternia. So that's basically like that episode of Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> Except, it's, let me show you a picture of Damar the demon. Is it adorable? Nope. No! <laughs> it is a freakish, glowing-eyed, hellboy-looking thing. I bet it's cute when he summons it, though. Yeah, well, I, we'll never know, because that. what is that going to teach us about devil worship? Yeah, better episodes to do. With I that. really want us to do a satanic panic episode. We gotta find one. There's yeah. bound. There's, there's, there's got to be them. If not, then what we need to do is is look up some of the very real, uh, like a Phil Donahue or a Geraldo episode. Or my favorite, which I listened to a bunch as a kid, uh, were these programs when I was like twelve to fifteen. I listened to a bunch of programs, Christian based programs, on the evils of rock and roll music. Yes. The one I most remember famously is Journey into Rock, which taught me about backmasking, which had the opposite effect because I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, if you don't know, backmasking is when hidden messages are put uh, in, in a record to be played in reverse. Like Paul might, is dead. Exactly. Yeah. But what you might not know is that there are two types of backmasking. Mm. Chelsea, there's intentional backmasking and unintentional backmasking. That's when the devil does that to That's your record. That's when the devil does it himself. Yes, 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 uh, yes. You most famously in uh, Stairway to Heaven, mm-hmm. if you play a certain part backwards. Stairway it, to Hell, that makes perfect sense. Nope, it's, uh, that's a really good guess, but Satan's more crafty than that. Oh. He, uh, he, If you play it backwards, you'll hear, My sweet Satan, uh, whose power belongs to him, sweet Satan, 
all this, Aiden. Have you tried this? Yeah, it works. Really? It's great. <laughs> I mean, you gotta you gotta really like you've got to know what they're saying because of course it's yeah nonsense. Yeah, and of course it's one of those things where like if someone tells you to hear "excuse me" while I kiss this guy, there you go. Then you start hearing that because of the power of suggestion. Oh, um, I'm sorry, you mispronounced Satan. The power of Satan. <laughs> Hold on. Oh my God. If we got one second, let me see if I can find this. While uh, you look it up, I'm going to talk about today's snack. Let's do it. Which is uh, Lay's. These are Lay's Poppables, which I thought were a new product because it says it's a new product. But then you, I looked at the press release and these came out in 2017. So not exactly new, but I guess but I guess in the world of snacks, fairly new. Poppables are like little round chips filled with air and or they're like they're like <laughs> a air. waffle cut fry yeah but a chip and according to lays the press release says that poppables are a multi-dimensional light textured potato snack packed with flavor and fun to eat hmm. poppables is more than just a delicious snack it's about reminding our fans to enjoy lighthearted and fun moments oh. from snack breaks at the office to dance parties in the living room poppables is the perfect pairing for all our fans' pop-worthy moments. Well, this is a very important snack. It is. So it's so poppable, and with about 28 pieces per serving, pretty perfect. <laughs> yeah. Are you fucking shilling for Lay's there, bro? Yeah, yes, and my check's in the mail. <laughs> um, Yeah, I'd give them an A. Honestly, I'd eat a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, I definitely wanted to to immediately have some more. All the sugar-free snacks are just kind of like, yeah, all right. Yeah, uh, these just taste like chip. I mean, they have, again, the like crusty barbecue sprinkle flavor on yeah. them, which, of which I just want to put on everything. I feel like that's what, a lot of what we're going to get. So for the next recording, I'll really try to find something unbelievably sugar-free. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll try to step it up a little like bit. Like really good sugar-free something? Yeah, not just I mean, mediocre. Here's the thing, though. I've been looking personally for that and have not yeah. found it yet. So, eh, who knows? Anyway, let's talk about a goddamn episode of television. Great. If you've listened to our first Christmas special, mm-hmm. you know we went deep, deep, deep into the backstory of He-Man and Some how the show got made. Some of you might still be listening to that. <laughs> um, uh, if you want a crash course, also, to get into a very good show in its own right, watch The Toys That Made Us on Netflix yeah. Season 1, Episode 3 is about the origin of the He-Man and Masters of the Universe uh, toys, and the toys preceded the show. The show was made to sell the toys. The Mm. show was made as a half-hour-long Saturday morning commercial to sell the toys. New toys characters would get introduced, and then they would show up on the show, Mm -hmm. and then people would get retired, toys would get retired, and they would stop showing up on the show. And uh, There are, are, how many do we say, like over a hundred different characters? Uh, Um, The show made its television debut in 1983 and ran until 1985. Mm -hmm. Two seasons of 65 episodes each. Reruns continued to run in syndication until 1988. And then USA began airing them in... Until nineteen, anyway, until nineteen ninety. And there's a new All adventures the in the '90s, yeah. and then there's a new one now. I think there's the terrible live action movie everyone hated. So I'm sorry, uh, terrible. <laughs> you mean the one with Dolph Lundgren and Oscar award nominated Frank Langella as Skeletor? I do. 
No, no, you're you're right. Oh, and <laughs> Courtney Cox. Yeah. 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 So, uh, the ordinary world of the series. This is going to be another thing where I describe the ordinary world, and it sounds like batshit insane. Well, here's the here's the one good thing about this series is if you don't know what the ordinary world is, they take a good solid two minutes during the credits to be yeah. like, here's the, the story. The credits is just the setup for the ordinary really world. Is. Um, In an ordinary world. Kind of scared me. Kind of scared me a little bit. <laughs> the series takes place on Eternia, which is a planet of magic, myth, and fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's divided into two hemispheres. Fashion and fame. <laughs> Glitter. Eternia is divided into two hemispheres, the bright hemisphere and the dark hemisphere. The bright hemisphere is ruled over by King Radnor and Queen Marlena, and the lead character of the show is their son, Prince Adam. Whenever Prince Adam holds the sword of power aloft and proclaims by the power of Grayskull, he becomes endowed with quote, fabulous secret powers. <laughs> His voice drops an octave. <laughs> and he's transformed into He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Yep. He has a cat who is his normally cowardly pet tiger, Cringer, mm-hmm. but that cat becomes Battle Cat. Um, it's a and, weird, like, mention in the in the credits, too. It's like, right. I'm Adam. That's my cat, Cringer. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. And then he, there are other people who know about this who live on Eternia and help him this fight is, the forces of darkness. Yeah. This is a thing we had, a question we had during the um, Christmas special that's entered here in the credits is who else knows about his secret? And right. it's three people. Yeah. At least as, uh, when this premieres, the three people, who knows who goes on to tell. Uh, sorceress, Man of Arm, Man at Arms, and Orko. And Orko. Which would in- imply that Tila, who's all throughout this episode, doesn't know, and his parents don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Um, anyway. His, his father, who's an Eternian, and his mother, who's some earthling who just right. got trapped here. <laughs> right. Who remembers Christmas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He-Man all. uses his powers to defend the light hemisphere of Eternia from the evil forces of Skeletor. Skeletor rules the dark hemisphere of Eternia. Actually, there's also a moon associated with each hemisphere as well. Jesus. There's a dark moon and a light moon. And Skeletor's main goal is to conquer the mysterious fortress of Castle Grayskull, from which He-Man draws his powers, if but does successful. does not live. Right, but no one lives in Castle Grayskull. Sorceress lives in Castle Grayskull. Right, so if Skeletor takes over Castle Grayskull, he will have enough power to rule all of Eternia. I'm getting Eternia flashbacks to our Christmas possibly episode. possibly the entire universe. I'm starting to sweat already. <laughs> It's just insane, and you just plunge right in, because the credits set up yeah. the ordinary world, you just plunge right into this, and I forgot, for a 22-minute episode, I have so many notes. Like, yeah. everything that happens is hey. plot. There's no character development at all. Folks at home, if your fear of commitment spreads to scenes in an animated series, no sweat. You won't land, You no scene no. in this goes on for more than 20 Mm-mm. seconds. It's insane. So... The call to adventure is the first thing that happens. We have a fun visitor to each to- yes. uh, You married that, so don't look annoyed. <laughs> he is lawfully allowed to interrupt you at any time. Eternos, right? Eternia. Yeah, the city of Eternos. What? The city of Eternos. I can think it. Th- what? Uh, let's name it something like Eternos, but not that. Eternos is the name of the city. All right, so we start in outer space with a shot of uh, Eternia. Which, and we're looking at the, now I've realized, the light hemisphere. Right. Which looks if like if you tried to draw North America from memory <laughs> after having only seen it once, and you mostly remember Cuba is gigantic. <laughs> right. And you had had like four white claws. Yeah. And so you just drew a bunch of mountains in the yeah, middle. Yeah, I don't know mountains here, <laughs> that there's like desert there, and the fucking Cuba was red. <laughs> and mountains run uh, east to west, right? Yeah. Not north and south along tectonic plates. Oh, it's, it's a solid line. <laughs> We, we, I'm drunk. 
<laughs> Am I done with your stupid map drawing bullshit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just throw it up there. Cool. So fun visitors are coming. In a um, flying saucer slash bean. Yeah. Uh, and these people turn out to be Alina, who's uh-huh. a scantily clad blonde afraid of flying. You'll have to be more specific. <laughs> oh, afraid um, of flying. You got it. Yes. Yeah. And her father, who's an inventor, and they're here because plot. I read a fun piece of trivia on the IMDb, which okay. is that... Even for this show, Alina is not wearing clothes. Yo, she, is she has got like no clothes. She has you know, on like if you had a strapless bra, uh, but the strap part that goes around your back was just a thin band. Yep. So basically, like two cups on top of her boobs with like a tiny band that goes around her back, no halter or anything, and then a skirt that is cut way below the navel Yo. like way below the uh, na- i mean it's kind of even i saw it and i was like whoa and then i looked up the trivia and it says the model sheet for alina just indicated that her midriff was to be covered by armor but the colorist decided to make it flesh colored instead oops. giving her a much more revealing outfit than originally meant. that makes sense yeah do you i don't know if this is true of everybody but when i'm in a situation where somebody's wearing something Scantle. <laughs> They're scantily clad. They're wearing something scantle. Yes. I understand the it word follows. scant. It follows. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, they're wearing something scantle. And it looks like uh, some of their anatomy is going to be exposed. I get, like, nervous mm-hmm. for them. Even if they're a cartoon. Yeah. Well, it's usually in, like, a for real live setting. Right. But in this case, like, I felt that for this live action cartoon. Like, I was like, uh-oh, that's going to dip down too far. Her, yeah, her space we're gonna, vagina. We're going to yep. be viewers of her universe here in a second. <laughs> or something. It just, like, the whole time I was like, oh, my gosh. That's, yeah. But don't surely worry. Surely she'll pull that up at some point, it's, right? It's um, balanced because she's wearing a headband with, like, Hermes-style wings on the sides of her forehead. Oh, sure. So, and she's also afraid of things. She's so. afraid of everything. So this That's turns out she should be afraid of some <laughs> draft. <laughs> Alina is a friend of Tila's, who's a main character who lives in Eternos, and uh, so they, as soon as the, uh, she arrives with her father, they go horseback riding on automatons. These like they go on uh, robot mechanical horses. horse. Uh, yeah, it's like oh, first of all, uh, the, speaking of scenes abruptly ending. Uh, sorry if you just said this, but scene one, they land. She was too scared to look around. He's like, it's okay to open your eyes. And this father is the goofiest character. Who They're like, what's the goofiest thing we can make up? And they did. Uh, I don't know his name until the end, so I call him Goofus Magoo throughout this whole thing. Tila comes up and Alina says, I'm glad my father has had to deliver the transmutator. End of scene. It's like very sudden end of scene. And then the next scene is like, hey, let's go mechanical horseback riding. Yeah, it's like we had to get the word transmutator in there and then we couldn't afford another second. We're all automatically out to the next So one. they're out riding mechanical horses when Orko. They're about, yeah, they're about, to, they're about to head out. Orko and, shows up. And he's like, wait, I have exposition for you. Yeah, Orko is again. Um, oh, boy. He's, oh, God. No. I feel like. Okay, Orko is, he's a trollin'. So right. he's not a Turnian. He's oh, that's from... right. And they don't reveal their face unless they fucking. Right. That's like. Yo, very... fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Like all Trollins, Orko appears to be a diminutive blue humanoid capable of floating in midair. Um, and he conceals his appearance almost entirely between beneath a robe, hat, and scarf. So he's trolling. Anyway, oh, so my. he shows up and he's like, What? Do you find a picture of his face? I think so. Whoa. 
I don't know if this is legit or if somebody's. There's a lot of fan art about Orko's face, which makes me uncomfortable. I guess this is legit. Aww. It looks like a gummy it's bear. Like a smurfy gummy bear. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I. You know what though? Covering up. Wise move. <laughs> Orko shows up and tells them that the sorcerer Jarvan has escaped from the prison mine. Evil is on the loose, and he swore revenge on King Randor and yeah. He-Man. Soft call to adventure. Yes. But we have a quick refusal of the, ho- the call. No, no, no. Good. No. Hell no. 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 I refuse. No. Welcome back to Deaf Comedy Podcast. <laughs> Tila says that Jarvan is probably in another galaxy by now. Come on, let's continue our automaton equine adventures and not worry about it. Of course, uh, Elena is scared because she's scared of everything. Yeah, that's her one character trait other than almost seeing her vagina. <laughs> right. But no surprise, we're in this special world now and Jarvan has headed straight to Eternia seeking revenge and he's a Dead ringer for Rasputin, but also purple? Yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Jarvan. Number one, how bummed am I that it's Jarvan in this episode? We picked a fucking Jarvan episode. <laughs> I didn't even know Jarvan was. So Jarvan is different than Skeletor in four major ways. Number one. <laughs> number one, skin. <laughs> Go no, on. Number two, no henchmen. Yep. Number three, physique leaves something to be desired. <laughs> Joey. It's Joey. Joey. He's got a pot belly. He's got a straight, straight up, up. What do you feed this guy in prison? <laughs> Hasn't he been supposed to be mining in a prison? Just popcorn around the clock? Uh, number four, basic competence. <laughs> I'm going to tell you one thing. Jarvis gets a fucking job done. <laughs> he knows what he's up to. And, like, he almost gets away with, like, it it feels like the plot uh, contrivances (laughs) stop him more than his uh, lack of ability. He is voiced by the same actor who voices Man-at-Arms. Shocker. Alan Oppenheimer. Yeah. Uh, Most of the trivia... Same guy who invented the uh, atomic bomb. Yes. I have become Jarvan. (laughs) Destroyer of Eternia. Destroyer of Eternia. (laughs) So, we go to Toxic Smoke Pit. City. <laughs> Wait, hold on. When you're on attorney, of visit Toxic Smoke Pit City. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What Only the word say? city is misleading. Okay. I am become Jarvan. Um, <laughs> okay. I need to get that down. Okay. So now we, we are going to enter the tests, allies, and enemies portion of the storytelling. Did we just become best friends? Bitch, please. <laughs> Good. Just need a, hold on. I'm going to hold on. <laughs> No, that's all right. No, it's fine. I want to get in on the action here. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's Geyser Town. It's like Geyser Pit City. Uh, Tila and Alina come, which those those names are too close together. They come riding by, and yeah. Jarvan is lurking behind his lurking tree. So he makes the Geyser Field erupt to kind of. He's like, I don't want anyone to see me yet. So the guys are to be seen yet. So the guys just start erupting, which spooks their automaton horses inexplicably because yeah. they're robots. Why did you program your robot horses to feel fear? Right. Why, why did you not just have these people riding real horses? Like Shira is part of this universe, though not appearing this episode. She has a real horse. Yeah, it has or, wings, but it's know, a horse. I'm just gonna say one thing that that's mechanical and is like a horse, but doesn't feel fear. Motorcycle. Motorcycle. <laughs> oh, yep. It's a steed. It's a stallion. You know how I know that that's what it's like? Because Bon Jovi sang on a steel horse I ride. Thank you. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, I knew exactly it. Exactly right. Hold on. 
Bon Jovi reference. <laughs> Pitbull reference. Alina is, of course, so frightened. Immediately, oh just like it's terrified. Like, oh, smoke! <laughs> terrified. Tila falls off her horse and passes out. And then and Elena is now scared of that. Yeah, so there's something that's sort of not, it's not landed in this moment, but it keeps coming up. So I think uh, I, we need to flesh it out better than the episode does. I think what has happened is the guys are start going off yeah. and Tila is like, come on, Alina, just ride past them. I know they're scary, but let's just get through this field. Yeah. And she's so scared that she can't. So, so Tila then Tila back. comes back for her and then and... Tila gets knocked off her horse and passes out. So Alina feels responsible for Tila coming back and then getting hurt. Yeah, you, you say that, but we're going to... I'm laying not, this out much more clearly. You, you are, but I, I really feel like what she says about this incident later runs uh, against that. She doesn't say, I wish I was able to save my friend uh, Tila. She's like, I wish I was strong like Tila. Well, yeah, but I think that's because if she had been brave enough to just ride through the geyser field. She feels mostly bad about herself. Though. Which, again, this is just like low self-esteem, nondescript. I'm not good enough there to be go. good at anything. Yeah. So Tila falls off a horse and passes out. Orko goes to tell Prince Adam, like, hey, the women aren't back yet. Should we check on that? And Adam's like, nah, they're probably fine. But let me call Tila on her comm link, which is like a walkie-talkie bracelet. And we cut yeah, back watch. to the geyser field. To see the horses running off. Atom- Again, robot horses just yeah. like spooked and run off, leaving the women behind while Jarvan leers at them from behind his lurking tree. Ah, my plan of doing a thing is working. Right. They aren't looking at me. No one's looking at me. Whoa, who has self-esteem issues now, Jarvan? <laughs> right. He didn't know this was going to lure He-Man here. Not at all. But it works well. Alina communicates through the comm bracelet that they're in trouble and where they are. So Adam says, I'm going to call in some help and transforms into He-Man. Yeah. And also transforms timid pet Cringer into Battle Cat. Oh, yes. And then he hops on Battle Cat and they so ride away. Battle Cat's main difference is this is a gray and yellow striped cat. And then when it turns into Battle Cat, it just has like a helmet. And, a and you can almost see its vagina. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, yeah, that's it. And its eyes are glowing and it's that's that. So And you can and you can ride him. And you can ride him. Because he's no longer afraid of being ridden. Right. <laughs> um he-Man arrives at the geyser field and starts plugging up geysers with boulders, which seems geologically unstable. It doesn't seem like the best move. Immediately, like, just shit starts suiting down of different geysers. Like, don't worry, there's no, there's no problem. <laughs> this is not going to be bad. Just more rocks, He-Man. Right. Throw more shit. Jarvan is surprised to see He-Man from behind the lurking tree, but he's excited because he's this is the person he's sworn vengeance against, and then, like, he's, he's lured him here, almost not meaning to. Thanks for bringing that up, by the way. My, um... The play that I wrote recently is going into production behind the lurking tree. How's that going? It's going okay. Yeah. It's about my life. <laughs> <laughs> I play the lurking boy. Oh, I was going to say, do you play the tree? <laughs> oh, wow. Fuck off. You're very tall. I understand. I am more than that. I am also a lurker. <laughs> it's about how it, it's, I'm sorry. You just hit a nerve because the whole play is about how it's difficult to be tall and lurk. <laughs> I get it. The struggle is to, real. The you struggle have to is find real. Hella shadows. <laughs> <laughs> By the power of Grayskull. Now Alina is crying. She's upset with herself that she let something bad happen oh, to Tila. Oh wait. 
I'm so sorry. We we have to we have to go back. No, we're still in the geyser field. Are we? Yeah. So we're still in the geyser field. Mm-hmm. Alina is crying. She's very upset with herself. She let something bad happen to Tila. She's not You're able right. to help. She does lament that. Yeah, in, and she's in real time she's here. beating herself up. If I were more like Tila, this never would have happened. Yeah. And I wrote, okay, so here's our actual call to adventure. Jarvan got out of prison, and that seemed like a soft call to adventure. Sure. But. In this very special episode, that wouldn't be very special no. because that happens all the time. That's just them fighting. So this is the actual thing, low self-esteem. Right. Um, so now we, we are on, we're probably going to be following Alina's journey, we can surmise. Right. And she's got to get to a place where she stops beating herself up and feels like um, happy to be herself. Basically the same thing that we went through with uh, with uh, Laura in the Jim and the Holograms yeah. episode last week. That's why we're doing the back-to-back to sort of compare and contrast. Sure. Um, How wrong can episodes get it? <laughs> right. Are, do any cartoons get it right? Mm-hmm. And once again, this is like a thing we've talked about before. We can't have our actual heroes doing anything unsavory like taking drugs. So it's better to bring in a character for yeah. one episode to do something naughty and then never see them again. What we like to call a dismissible character. Right. An expendable well, you could also make like Man of Arms and or, or Orko take some drugs, and then you it's could, like, boy, these guys. Why? Yeah. But we can't dress them in almost nothing. Also, they can't have flaws. Right. So Jarvan follows the trio back to Eternos, the capital city yeah, of the light hemisphere. Yeah, can't believe his, his pot-bellied luck. <laughs> <laughs> They're all going back to. He's like, oh, that's where I needed to he's go. He's like, great, I'm going to find the castle. This is going to be awesome. But, but fucking, it's not. Is it hidden? Uh, no, but maybe he just doesn't know where it is, because he's not been there. Okay. Uh, not really. We don't well, really shoot, get into I'll it. I'll throw away this fucking map, <laughs> I guess. Um, also, I don't need to follow him, because he just teleports into the castle. Yeah, he t- he's, he's got basically unlimited power. He's doing he does, great. He does everything. We'll get into it later when he starts fighting people, but he can teleport. Yeah. He can materialize. He can completely change his appearance without the yep. use of holographic earrings. So potion making Jarvan eavesdrops on poor dumb Elena, who's crying. Alina, who's crying, that she wishes she were big and strong. She's such a wet She's dish rag. Like, I'm a scaredy ass, scaredy scared. Cat. I can't believe that Tila is friends with this girl. She's the person who, when Tila is like putting together an outing, and she mm. calls you, and you're like, Alina's coming. I think I'm gonna pass. Yeah, I think sorry. I have something that night. No, I'm sorry. I'm not in the mental space where I can listen to Alina. Tila, you know like, you saying? know I love hanging out with you, but Alina's just a no. lot. Yeah. She's I a just, lot. I'm not, I'm not in that headspace. Yeah. Um, she's going to start crying and talking about her dad. Bad vibes only. <laughs> her dad paying more attention to the transmutator <laughs> than me. It's not even that pointed. It's just a general feeling of like, oh, I'm scared of everything. And that's what her, her character voice is doing. Yeah. Sometimes to the detriment of the plot. She's just very, I don't know why I do it. I just, I'm a scaredy, fucking stupid scaredy it's cat. It's not based in anything. Also, no one who's that shy and timid wears a fucking outfit like that. Yeah. So anyway, Jarvan schemes. He's listening on in on this and he's like, I will help her to help me. He disguises himself as an old woman and approaches Alina. And this is the part that made me laugh out loud. Sure. Alina says, who are you? And she's like, just an old woman. <laughs> just some old woman. And I wrote, <laughs> Don't fucking worry about it. I wrote, everyone has a name, Jarvan. <laughs> Jarvan has concentrated on one aspect, two aspects. Number one, appearance of an old lady. And then he's like, fucking, how do I, how do I be Voice. an old lady? Voice an old lady. Uh, hold but, on, there's one more component you're missing. It's and every fucking sentence with the word dearie <laughs> i'm just some old woman dearie. dearie so 
I'm like, think the disguise through, Jarvan. Everyone has a fucking name. Say Sue. Say anything. Yeah. But so then I began. Oldie McLeadington. <laughs> I began abbreviating every time he comes up just as this woman for the rest of the episode. J-A-O-W, just an old woman. <laughs> um, J-A-O-W. So he's like, just an old woman. No, no name. Go on. Tell me what's wrong. What's bothering you? It's also worth noting in the background of this courtyard is totally an Olympic pedestal. Great. Like where the three top winners sure. stand. It's just, they probably hold their own little contest there. Daily. And then they're made to stand on the podium. Everyone's the strongest person with and powers. Then, so. Yeah. And then they make like Orco clap for them. <laughs> and they probably do medals. And Queen, uh, what's her name, who's human, who can't win anything. Yeah. It's probably all Adam's idea and everyone hates right. it. <laughs> Alina says to just an old woman, because I'm so weak and timid, my friend got hurt. And just an old woman is like, here's a vial of powder. It will make you feel anything you want to feel. Strong. Tall. Alina doesn't mention that tall is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. Tall is not a feeling. But she hesitates for half a second before dumping all of the powder in the vial down her throat. She is ready for this. And then she proceeds to spin around on the table that is still slippery from her coward tears. (laughs) Makes her brave enough to stand on a table. She's like, the bravest actor ever How can I thank you? Quoth just an old woman. I'll think of something. Uh, and, then, and then she di- disapparates. Not yet. She gives oh. uh, Elena a ring to summon her. Oh, right. And the magic words, M, Ot, Emok. Which is come to me, spelled backwards. Yep. But they Very really clever. say this a hundred times. fucking times. Slowly, every time. Very M- slowly. Ot, Emok. They're so pleased with themselves about this spell. Tila comes up and Elena is on a ledge like a hero would be. And then she flips down and says, I'll race you back to the castle. Yeah. Alina has found the courage to jump off something high. Um, Not a table, though. No, a ledge. She's brave enough to stand on a table and jump off a ledge. Right. She's fearless. Clearly, she's fearless. Which is... Immediately. Yeah. Cut to Alina's father demonstrating the plot device. Holy... I mean the transmuter. Tater. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I love this so much because it seems like what has actually happened is they have very limited animation and... Uh, there's less time that they need for this voice actor to convey the information. The way it comes off is that this dude is just bored of it. So he uh, says, when you look up on the He-Man trivia on any given episode on IMDb, it's mostly just where the animation cells have appeared in other episodes. It's like, we saw this and this, and we saw this and this, and we saw this and this, and this one's no exception. So like the fact that they're just cutting corners around everything is sure. No surprise at all. So, yeah. So, it basically goes like this. And this is, I am paraphrasing, but just barely. So, the transmutator can change anything into anything else. So, watch that tree. Now, it's a gold tree. And turn it back if I want. <laughs> <laughs> so, watch that tree. I turned it into gold. I can turn it back. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this transmutator can turn solid things into liquid or gas. Like that tree that's made of wood. I'm going to turn it into gold. And it's I'm like, thing. that's not. That's alchemy. That's different. To that's totally different than what you just described. Yeah. Also, it basically just changes anything into anything. Yeah. I mean, the, it's it, it its powers are limitless. It doesn't seem to need any sort of fuel or charging. No. It's just a solid standalone box about the size of a large toaster. Also, it- in its primary use in this episode, it will change the physical size of something, which is not mentioned. At which all. is not mentioned, and and we don't have any idea why the Eternians want it. They don't. Yeah. Then, they don't then say like, "Oh, this will help us change rocks into the." Okay, on the oh, there's a thing 
on the dark moon. There's like a oh, there's like a material they have to keep going to the dark moon for. Oh, it just changes into that. Yeah, exactly. They don't say like, oh, now we will have this will make our lives easier because X. It's just like, cool. You made a thing that turns other things into things. I'll put this over we'll here next that. to the other miracles. Yeah, we'll just have that. Just bring it. Bring your scantily clad daughter. So when Alina doesn't know about her communicator ring that just an old woman gave her, mm-hmm. is that it works two ways. Uh-oh. And Jarvan is spying on this whole demonstration from a crystal ball somewhere. And he says, I must have that machine. End of scene. We go to the throne room where Elena is having a bravery hangover. Yeah, it's been too much for her. Um, Just jumping off things is too much. And again, uh, once again, drugs are set up as this amazing thing that works immediately and then wears off just as quickly. And the only thing that's happening is she's she feels tired and weak. Yeah. And the other people are like, you should lie down. You don't look so good. That's the whole bad side effect. Guess what? If you asked me to describe Elena at any point, I'd be like, no, she's tired and weak. Yeah, she's scared of every fucking thing. So she summons just an old woman to give what her the, another... those words again? Im... Ot... Imok? It's me, dearie! An just old an old woman! woman. <laughs> just an old woman? I still haven't had time to come up with a name. My name was too old and it died. <laughs> Just an old woman gives her another vial of powder, which Alina dutifully swallows. The word dearie gets another workout. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she disappears again. Adam and Tila decide to go looking for Alina because they're worried about her. It's been like two seconds. And they're like, I'm worried about her. Yeah. They're, they're first they're like, go lie down. And then five minutes later, they're like, actually, let's go find her. Yeah. When they find her, she is fucking flying. Yeah. She, it's a real meth head. So it's crack, like Jesse a, Spano on caffeine pills. It is amphetamine. But she's just bonkers. She is she's ready to drive so a her truck whole, all her, night. Her, her whole face is different. Yeah. She's talking so fast. She decides she's going to take her father's air car for a drive, even though she's never driven it and she doesn't know how to do it. And Tila's like, um, should you drive that? You've never driven it before? She goes, I'm great. I can do anything. Adam, let's get in the car. And that's just Adam's the meth like, talking. Okay. Adam's like, great. Sounds good. Sounds cool. He's so, basically a human crash helmet, so I'm sure he can survive anything. He's right. like not worried about this. Yeah. He man it. Just he man it. So he man up. Of course they get. Of course they get into this thing, and she loses control of it. It should go sideways quick. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. She doesn't and doesn't know how to. And she openly admits, I don't know how to do anything in this. Yeah. Here's she's the, going too fast. She is spinning around. She straight up dumps Adam out midair, dumps yeah. him out of the thing, and then she. She's spinning around and she can't figure out how to land it. So yeah, what's weird is, this is one of my favorite things, is her voice actor, yes, is talking with more confidence and definitely faster, but still has like that hushed tone of like, Adam, would you like to get in the car? Let's get in the car. Let's go for a ride. <laughs> and while they, when they first take off, she says, <laughs> she says in that tone of voice, quote, Adam's like, hey, why don't you fucking calm down with this flying? <laughs> And she's like, oh, Adam, don't be such a fun stopper. <laughs> fun stopper. <laughs> no friction, Adam. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's just that, that like half-hearted wee. <laughs> wee. So, yeah, she she loses control. She dumps him out midair. <laughs> yep. He transforms into He-Man as he's falling because all he has to do is rip the, you know, rip the sword off his back and yeah. save by the power of Grayskull. So he turns into He-Man as <laughs> he's falling. And uses all the power of Grayskull to grab a ledge. <laughs> right. He catches himself and then he runs downstairs and catches her before she crashes this craft into the ground. Tells her, Adam is safe. You're a dummy. Go to bed. And she's immediately brave hungover again. Yeah. She's like, ah, oh, my head. And it's like, this potion fucking sucks. 
Yeah, and then when the next thing we see is her alone, whining that she just feels awful, unclear if this is a physical or emotional hangover. Yeah, whatever, she's a courage junkie now. Yeah. That's all there is to it. <laughs> she summons J- J-A-O-W. Hey, D. <laughs> Um, just an old woman obeys the laws of three to which all drug dealers are beholden yep. and tells Alina that only the first two vials are free. And if she wants more drugs now, she has to start paying. Mm-hmm. It's good that they establish these international rules for cartoon drug Truly. dealers. Well, you know who it's helping? Drug dealers. <laughs> right. Like, wait a second. What a great tactic. <laughs> no, they were like, guys, it's only one. You only get the first one free. It really does. Cartoons kind of are teaching like kids that. that the second one is free, too. If anything, but... you set up kids for disappointments. <laughs> right. So she says, if you want more drugs, if you want another vial of this potion, I need you to steal the transmutator for me. And Alina briefly resists, but she has the willpower of a toddler. So mm. pretty soon she's like, okay, I got to get this done, I guess. And Adam comes in and is like, what's wrong? And Alina's like, nothing, go away. And he's just like, well, I tried. And wanders like, off. It's exactly I the same thing. I can't help if you won't let me as he's walking away. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing as the girls in Starlight House really? being like, well, we tried. Here's a PSA. Try a little harder. <laughs> right. Also, she's fucking going to sell a transmutator to get drugs. What is this? Transmutator spotting? Also, couldn't she just <laughs> use the transmutator to turn like a an ear of corn into what? drugs? Here's the... <laughs> Why <laughs> an ear of corn? Because it's sort of shaped like a vial. Fair. So, uh, yeah, let's just blow past the transmutator spotting. It's, uh, it's fine. <laughs> transmutator spotting. But Lena's <laughs> actually come up with a really dope... A very meth-based plan. <laughs> a really... Here's what I'll do. Elena, you genius. I'll get the... Here's the thing. I've come up with a plan. I'll get the transmutator, sure. But then I'll drink the potion, which will make me brave and strong enough to overpower an old lady. <laughs> right. And I'll steal it. <laughs> it back i'll take it you fucking dummy <laughs> beat this old lady up now you're not stronger than an old lady but the old lady needs to give her the drugs first punch her <laughs> take him off her cold dead body <laughs> you know how i know nobody will come looking for her because she's just an old lady she doesn't even have a name they shoot old ladies don't they? <laughs> they shoot old ladies don't they so off to seal the transmutator yeah. from the lab, so Elena goes. The reason she's a prime candidate is she can get past the voice identification nonsense right. by saying, please let me in, computer. There's like a fair mix between magic and technology here that doesn't, it seems totally arbitrary. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's this like, scene especially, also arbitrary in this scene, there's weird disco music in the background, <laughs> which just starts and stops on this scene. And it's like, uh, okay. Okay. So Orko... Uh, has to help her. I'm not sure why, because she can't lift the transmutator. Well, yeah, but she's not brave enough. Chelsea, she's not brave enough. <laughs> she's not brave enough. Why though? Because I need the power of because lifting. later other people just move it around like yeah. it's a fucking toaster. But it's so heavy that she's so cowardly. I guess that I, she can't I'm lift not it. Not brave enough to lift it. So Orko enchants it and sends it out to the, to see the, she can sort of like push it like it's on air casters yeah. out to the terrace although he specifically says once you set this down the thing's going to wear off so you can't even justify the fact that it's so easily moved around for the rest of the episode by well, it's still enchanted man arms is like pointing this thing at a tree freehand earlier <laughs> right also it's got so, one button yeah to do whatever you <laughs> to want do it whatever. to do whatever it Communicates with you telepathically. Sure. It's a perfect magical technological hybrid. Sure. Dear so, me. sure. <laughs> J A O W appears, 
transforms almost immediately into Jarvan and refuses to give Alina any more drugs. So that was her plan, right? It's like, I'm going to get the drugs and then I'll overpower the old woman. So she's like, here's my transmutator. Give me some drugs. And Jarvan's like, nah, I'm really not an old lady. I'm Jarvan and no more drugs for you. Takes the machine, disapparates, and Alina sighs, I guess I should go warn the others, then immediately passes out she instead. She dramatically passes out. I mean, she it's goes, the Whoa! sexiest. Her hair yeah. goes around her. I mean, when Tila passed out in the geyser field, that was a pretty sexy pass I out, too. I barely masturbated to that at all. <laughs> oh, what? You didn't masturbate to any of this? <laughs> Come on. He-Man jump squats in front of the screen <laughs> twice in this episode. He's got a haircut his, of a three-year-old boy. Yeah, you don't see that. It's just his furry ass and fucking kicking hammies. <laughs> it's got something for everybody. Jarvis got a straight-up dad bod, if that's your thing. His hammies aren't kicking it. <laughs> his hammies aren't kicking it. Kicking the hammies. So, uh, that's the end of our... Um, Oh, no, it's not. So, scene five. Uh, yeah. Man-at-arms and Tila are chatting with Zigran, which just turns out to be Alina's Fuck father's you. name. That's Goofus McGee. <laughs> so, then Zigran comes bumbling out, yelling that the transmutator has been stolen. And Orko comes bumbling along to say that Alina's passed out. And it's like, this scene isn't necessary. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone runs to her side, and she straight up tells them what she's done. She's like... Oh, God, guys, I gave the transmutator to Jarvan. <laughs> Y'all. No explanation. <laughs> Y'all gave transmutator to Jarvan. No explanation. I knew I shouldn't have. No extenuating excuses. Yes. Respect. I was just like, all right. Here's the give thing, Give them the information. Speaking of no excuses, Adam gets up. <laughs> no words <laughs> spoken and runs off to become He-Man. Yeah. Like, it is a gem to Jerrica <laughs> mis- mishap here. Yeah. Well, I better go and become He-Man. I mean, call He-Man. <laughs> and then He-Man came out from behind a tree two seconds later. Yeah, He-Man's tree. real fast. Lurking tree. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so now... Fucking kicking hammies, bro. <laughs> <laughs> fucking gets where he wants to go. Kicking it. Kicking and hammies. <laughs> so now we are approaching the inmost cave. I may not come out alive, but I'm gone in there. You turn, you turn the air around us into a cave. Yes, I did so with dumb. my transmutator. So dumb. Here's the problem. All right, so fucking <laughs> the one Jarvan, who we found can like magically appear and disappear. Yeah, this is hanging super out. good power can also completely disguise himself. Also, we'll find out later. Can throw shock balls and fireballs. Yeah, all the powers of I don't know a transmutator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like. Now I'll have my revenge on He-Man. And he just reappears in a different part of the city, yeah. castle. The machine was just the bait, I guess. Yeah. He-Man shows up right on cue. I'm like, if you have this thing that's super powerful that can basically do anything, just go. Like, don't, like, what? Here's your revenge. Yeah. Fucking build your own palace somewhere. Exactly. Hey, best revenge, Jarvan? Living well. <laughs> no Oprah one told, told him me that. that. No. So uh, yeah. Jarvan just starts randomly transmutating things to try to stop the man behind from a running. Tree and he's like, well, I'll turn that tree to ice. It's like, hey, you're almost there, Jarvan, but think <laughs> right. these things through. Right. And then he'd like, he like, uh, sets a fire, which Adam has to jump over. And I was like, you're just treading water here, buddy. You got to come up with a longer term plan. And this is when, uh, he man jumps over the fire and then lands in frame ass first. <laughs> he does. It is, this good 37% of my screen is taken up by <laughs> hairy covered butt. If you look 
up He-Man memes on your phone. They're mostly homoerotic. Almost entirely. Yeah, that's because He-Man is mostly homoerotic. <laughs> so, uh, Jarman's next move... That's what move... He-Man is short for. Homoerotic. Homoerotic, <laughs> man. Mm-mm-mm. So, Jarvan... Changes the air around He-Man into rock. Change his skin to fucking jello, no, bro. No, 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 no. Almost there. Changes hammies. Into ham sandwiches. Into shit. Oh. Or ham. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't have the power of jumping. So, or making Andy question his sexuality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this That lady's is, midriff is one thing. Clearly, Why do I keep rewinding to we this We cannot scene? get through an episode of this without going completely <gasps> no. Come on. That's <laughs> because He-Man can't get through an episode of He-Man. we tonight. We no. got to get back on track. Okay. No. He encases He-Man in rock. This lasts about 30 seconds. But yeah. then he gets an actual good idea, like a good supervillain idea, sure. which is to shrink the palace with everyone inside it. This is not a thing that we previously knew the transmutator could do because nope. it's not a shrink ray. Well, we only had three seconds. But we're going we to transform turn a tree the... into gold or ice. <laughs> we're going to transform a palace into a smaller palace, yeah. but not immediately. Like everything else has been an immediate transmutation. This is going to be a slow shrinking. Slow down. Slow down. And also, uh, we're going to learn about architecture. Here's a fun architecture lesson: if you go to the middle of something that's shrinking, mm-hmm. you just hold it. Yeah, you just push your arms out and you hold it. And it won't will stop shrinking. The whole thing stops shrinking because you're holding two walls together. So everyone's inside, which is also going to crush them. At least this feels like a good supervillain plan. Yeah. Jarvan then activates his personal fucking force field. He's wild. He can do fucking anything. That's why I'm saying, Jarvan, this really needs to be like a thing where Jarvan just realizes he had the power inside of himself all along. Yeah, Jarvan needs to go take over Skeletor's spot because he's infinitely more capable. Yeah. I feel like he shows up in the dark hemisphere. He's probably taking some drugs and he doesn't, he can't get over his self-confidence issues. This is true. He's got low self-esteem. But Skeletor is so much more ripped than I am. He truly is I have this pot belly. I can't lose these last 10 pounds. Oh, Jarvan, (laughs) why do you enjoy Hot Pockets so much? (laughs) Jarvan (laughs) runs into the palace. I'm sorry. He-Man runs into the palace. Yep. Holds the center so it won't shrink. Pushes the walls apart, which saves the palace, saves everyone inside, and breaks the transmutator. Yeah. So you would think that this was, that we were having the the Supreme Ordeal right now, but we're not. This is all still in Most Cave. Yep. Jarvan disappears. Transmutator broken. Old Dingus doesn't say, my machine that I've worked on my entire life. No, no, he doesn't. He's just happy um, to have his shitty daughter back. <laughs> He-Man says... I wish we had a way to get Jarvan back here while he's still weak because this, you know, this conversation has weakened him. And Alina explains that her summoning ring will work. And also she explains the basic tenets of cartoon drug addiction. Yeah. She was um, like, I could summon Jarvan at any time. And he was like, why would you want to do that? He's dummy? my dealer. So man at arms rigs up an amplifier around the ring. So it would summon Jarvan against his will and keep him held. Which I think we could all palace. use to summon our drug dealers. Am I right? <laughs> Fucking always like, oh, I'm busy. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, because we live in L.A. where we just go to the dispensary. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Now we actually have the Supreme Ordeal. Out of my way, beast! Also, Jarvan. 
<laughs> That's the only time Skeletor appears in this episode. Yeah. So Jarvan, they do the amplifier thing. They get the ring. She says the words. Jarvan shows up. Jarvan briefly traps He-Man in a glowing golden napkin ring. Yep. And Alina, <laughs> I will say that unlike the episode of Jim and the holograms that we talked about last mm. week, where we don't actually see Laura overcoming her low sure. self-esteem or doing anything at any point, in this moment, and this is why this is the supreme ordeal, He-Man is trapped, Jarvan is running away, and Alina overcomes her timidity, finally, and runs Jarvan down and tackles him sort and of. jumps on him yes. until He-Man can get free and run over. So good for her. You know, she, yeah. like, she grows a pair, she cowgirls up. This is an actual thing. Finally, yeah. um, because and she realizes jumps. I'm the only person that can help now. And uses all the power of a lady trying to see better at a concert <laughs> by jumping yeah. on his shoulders. Yeah, it's a piggyback ride. It's an, He did not consent to. Yeah. And she starts, you know, beating and him then, about the head and shoulders. Yeah, he man catches up and then fucking eat it, Jarvan. Yeah, Jarvan's returned to the prison mine. So at least... There's some, there's some awkward, something. like, jabs back and forth here. He's like, you haven't heard the last from me. And He-Man's like, why, are you going to write me from prison, <laughs> dipshit? <laughs> and Jarvan's like, that's not cool, man. <laughs> Do you know how many Jarvans are in the system at any given time? So now we have well, the reward consequences, which is very brief. Alina yep. has learned a valuable lesson, which He-Man reiterates for us. She doesn't say what she's learned. He-Man says what they've all learned. Which is the only way to feel good is to first feel good about yourself. And here's a weird moment. Speaking of homoerotic overtones, uh, Tila and Elena hug, and we we click over to He Man who smiles delightedly at this, and then frowns and runs away. And that's the end of the episode. Mm. Oh no, it's not because we have a no, no, no. I mean, but the end of the episode yeah. proper is yeah. He Man like, yeah, ladies hug. No, He Man, no, run away, <laughs> run away, run away. Uh, he meant PSA. Yep. He SA. <laughs> he SA. Hits us with a he SA. He looks straight at us, but he's not sitting on a table, so I'm not sure how cool he is. <laughs> no one can. Is, there, is normally, there a ledge nearby? Who knows? <laughs> it's normally how I know someone's cool. And you were talking about some recycled animation earlier. This it might as well have one of those, like triangle of, of arrows on it for how recycled this animation is. The mouth doesn't match up. Mm-mm. He's just staring straight ahead. And then at the end, he turns to the side for no reason whatsoever. Right. So the whole thing is, hey, fucking don't do drugs. Yeah, he says there aren't any magic potions. And you know what? There aren't any magic drugs either. Drugs don't make your problems go away. They just create more. And it's like, mm. well, but... Yeah. Okay, I mean, we got that. Like, yeah. you... We know you just reiterated that at the you just are reiterating what you said two seconds ago. And also, you're not a real person. So the reason that this works. Chelsea, how dare you? The reason that the PSAs are exciting and thrilling for teenagers. Uh, He doesn't come out and be like, hi, I'm the actor that plays. (laughs) Sits down on a buffet table. cardigan. It's like, whoa, I'm a kid who watches Growing Pains, and Kirk Cameron, the actual human I have a crush on, is telling me not to do drugs. Or Jaleel White, the human I think is cool, the actor, is telling me not to do drugs. So it's sort of like a, here's a whole show where we're going to tell you not to do drugs, and then the actor who you respect and love is also going to tell you personally not to Mm -hmm. do drugs. This is just the same character that we just saw. Say yeah. drugs are bad. Just instead of saying it to another character, looking at us through the screen and telling... It's like 
there's no point to this at all. Hi, I'm Herman Edward Mann, or <laughs> H.E. Mann. I'm the actor that plays He-Man on the He-Man Masters of the Universe. Uh, oh, my God. All oh right. Boy. Yeah, so fucking... I don't remember a time before we started this episode. I don't remember... Uh, I was just trying to think about what I learned, and I know you said something at the beginning that I was like, oh, that's interesting, and it, I know I can't even remember what was it like was. a year ago. <laughs> oh, the two... Okay, that's what I learned. The two kinds of back taping? Uh, back masking. Back masking. Mm-hmm. That uh, is, yeah. The one I knew what back masking was, but I didn't know that there was a version where Satan did it on its own. Satan does it for himself. <laughs> to be fair, if I remember Journey into Rock uh, correctly, there are like two examples of this listed. Great. One of them is the Led Zeppelin, and mm-hmm. another is from a live concert by the group Black Oak, Arkansas. And it just—it's the flimsiest of flim. It's flams. again, it's again it's the like they listened of to every song to yeah. try to. It's they oh, listened to a thousand songs. Do you remember who Black Oak Arkansas is? No, no, nobody does. They sing the song Jim Dandy. Okay, so Satan, Satan was like, you know what the kids will remember? <laughs> not, not, not the hits. I'm not going to get this. In, I'm not going to get this into Cher's Believe, a song that will never die, but <laughs> millions of people will listen to. You, you want to reach out, Satan? Fucking, this is how we do it by Montel Jordan. <laughs> you want to reach out, Nelly? Fucking Return of the Mac, which yes. is played is playing somewhere in Los Angeles at all time. Well, Chelsea, we all just wait for the day when the Mac returns. <laughs> We're all waiting for the return and of the Mac. And the evil is overthrown. And... Return of the He-Mac. Uh, I don't know. I, You know what? I kind of want to hug... Uh... Tila seems cool. Yeah, but, you know, oh. I feel like I'm hugging her for the wrong reasons. Uh, <laughs> Goofus Magoo, I might hug him because it's like he is legitimately... His creators yeah. were like, how can I make the stupidest personal Also, life? he created this incredible machine. Blows he up brings it to where it's going. It's there less than a day before someone fucking blows it up. Yeah. His life's work. This dude is there a day. His daughter gets addicted <laughs> to drugs. <laughs> and his life's work explodes. Yeah. Yeah, I want to hug him. Yeah, let's Wait, hug hold on. Dude. What's that his name? Hold on, I'll look it up. It's like Dermac or something. Jindar? Trigic. It's Return of the Mac. Zikran. Zikran, yeah. Return of Zikran. Yeah, this dude's fucking living a shit life, man. Also, I'm pretty sure that air car is all fucked up now. (laughs) Yeah, how are they going to leave? God damn. (laughs) I bet he just has to stay there. I bet it's a whole scheme. They're like, build us another transmutator. And pay us taxes. Because now you live in Eternos. (laughs) I feel like... This very gently went off the rails this time. I feel like <laughs> oh if we God. had an hour of material to work with, then definitely we'd yeah, be talking about Yeah, but you about know why this went off the rails more lightly? Grabbing the sky. <laughs> because we didn't have sugar this time. That's Last also true. Last time we watched an hour of He-Man and we had a lot of sugar. We did have a lot of sugar. Well, that was, those and days And someone actually wondered in an email if we were okay or if we were on cocaine. I mean, it's, it's a fair question. So, Andy, what are we going to watch next time? Oh, Chelsea. <laughs> We are going to finally get into uh, Joe Biden's favorite subject, getting hooked on video games and their detrimental effects. Oh, I love it. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, We are watching another episode of Different Strokes. This is season five, episode one, called Shootout at the OK Arcade. Amazing. Can't wait. Cannot wait either. As three people who play a lot of video games, I imagine we'll have a lot to talk about. I think so. If we don't kill each other first. (laughs) Shut up, you. Pew, pew, pew. pew. So join us next time. Bring snacks. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks. Mm-hmm.